are now listening to The Prime Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring and investigating all things health, fitness, and performance related. When something is in its prime, it is at its best. This includes us as humans. Are you ready to take on the world? Then join us on this journey to live life in your prime. And welcome back to another episode of the Prime Podcast. And today, uh, once again, we have a little in-house podcast with my good friend, Tori. Tori's <laughs> going to hang out with us. She has compiled a few questions that have come from our members, and we're going to tackle these one by one, little by little, and chip away for this little shorty that we're going to bring to you. Tori, what's going on? Nothing much. Just chilling. Just chilling. Just chilling on a Thursday night, hanging out. <laughs> Yes, Thursday night, not Wednesday, because I'm a real housewife, so couldn't couldn't pass up that opportunity. Yeah, so we had to push it back a day, push it back. <laughs> so what do we have on 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 tap for today? Um, I would categorize them as a lot of just generic questions that people have, or I like the word debunking, debunking kind of some comments that people make surrounding fitness and all that. Um, starting out, you and I had a good conversation prior to the last podcast we recorded you hear it a lot just a bunch of people comparing themselves to other people and saying i don't lose weight as fast as this person i don't tone up as fast as the other person um and we talked about how there's quite or at least a few different body Mm -hmm. types and how they actually build muscle and lose fat versus the other so i thought maybe you could talk about that on air uh yeah but before i do that i'm just gonna tori has used the word debunk and uh a lot lately so just throwing that out there this debunking concept yeah it's a good way to just you know call people out without any explicit language yeah all right so uh (laughs) body types there are three main body types you can do a quick google search and find these out and i'll do a quick explanation of the three and then kind of how they how they contribute to like the way people look and maybe the way people eat and the way people build muscle and so on and so forth. So the first one is called an ectomorph, right? And those are like thin, kind of like skinnier, you know, people who don't have like a ton of muscle. And they actually, those are the type of people you see who are like, oh, they eat a ton of food and they never gain any weight. And those are the kind of people that a lot of us get frustrated with because those are the super skinny people all the time. And, you know, no matter what, they they can't gain any weight. And for them, they might be somebody who wants to gain muscle and they struggle with it. So it's, it's a kind of catch 22, you know, like a lot of people look at an ectomorph and they'd be like, Oh, I, I don't like them because they eat whatever they want. And they're always skinny. And an ectomorph might be like, Hey, I'm super skinny and I'm trying to gain weight and I can't. Right. So there's like a, a little catch 22 in that, that kind of situation. On the flip side, the endomorph, right, is the opposite. So these are the kind of people who are a little softer, a little rounder, um, a little bit of what we'd classify as overweight, right? And um, the best way that, that I've, I kind of was explained to it back, I think, in college is, you know, like an endomorph would be kind of like a, like the offensive lineman type person where they're, they're athletic and they're, they're strong and they're there, but they're, they're just kind of like bigger looking, 
versus like the mesomorph, which is the third kind. And they're kind of like broad shoulders, narrow waist and hips, and they're muscular, compact, and athletic looking. So the mesomorph is kind of like the middle ground. So those would be like the runners and the, the people who you see who are like the super athletic type build. Okay. So those will be the three main types, right? So one that's kind of what they would call a hard gainer, right? It has a tough time gaining weight and they're always quote unquote skinny. And then the middle person is like the mesomorph, which is like athletic, strong looking, right? Naturally. And these are, you know, like these are talking if we didn't do anything too, you know, cause you can still tell like a body type if people didn't really exercise. Obviously, if we exercise, we can change our body type and kind of like what it looks like a little bit. Because even if you're an ectomorph and you lift weights a lot and you're and you're you know eat a lot and that kind of stuff, you can start looking more like a mesomorph and endomorphs if you, you know, really dial in your nutrition, your your weight training and you're doing stuff, you can kind of dial back to a mesomorph if that makes sense. And mesomorphs can go either way. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. Yeah, so it's not like just because you you have a natural uh, um, tendency to one direction doesn't mean that that's a you know like gospel or it's written in stone where that's the only thing you can be because you can change and go from one way to the other. Now, I wouldn't say like a sumo wrestler, you know, for example, everyone kind of knows what a sumo wrestler looks like. They're probably not naturally an ectomorph, which is the super skinny one, because in order to gain that much weight. It would be very, very difficult for them to do that. Right. And then flip the flip side of it, you know, like an endomorph naturally might not be like a, a runway model type person because they're like really, 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 really skinny, almost like unhealth, you know, probably unhealthily skinny. So we can change it to some degree, but we can't go from one extreme to the other. I like how you brought up that catch 22 thing, because I have a few people in my family, uh, who are fairly skinny and were fairly upset with the fact that they couldn't gain weight, whereas mm-hmm. people who are upset that they can't, you know, lose it are not seeing that side of things. Well, I think it's always, uh, um, as humans, we always have that kind of comparison mindset and we always want the thing that we can't have in some ways. Mm-hmm. So we always want to be something that we're, we're not and we always kind of look outwardly for that and it's hard for us to look at ourselves and just be comfortable and happy with what we have and make it the best that we can i agree we do like to compare ourselves a lot i was taught that as a little kid shouldn't compare compare yourself yourself? no to not compare myself like you know against my cousins or, or whoever else to not compare what the other was doing and then obviously take that as you get older and apply it to other things yeah, and in the book that I actually I just gave Tori a book, and as we're kind of talking and finding some more stuff about health and fitness, I'm going to try to find this section that he was just talking about because he talks about how it's important that we're actually we are our individuals. It's the like we were taught before, like a long time ago, you know that we we shouldn't be individuals and that we should kind of fit into this mold, but now as we're getting you know, society's changing a little bit. Like this independence is becoming more and more popular, but I'll try to find it because I was listening to it. So I don't remember exactly where it was, but I'm going to try to find it while we're going through so I can read it. Okay. Next question. Next question is, I think you hear a lot that like people are like, oh, you know, I would look like this, but you know, I'm working out, but my diet sucks. So is there kind of is it pointless to consistently exercise and not consistently diet? Does one, you know, 
outweigh the other? How does that work? Well, I think people get confused with the fact that exercise is meant to change how your body looks. Um, whereas exercise is more of like the function and, and ability of your body versus like your nutrition is going to play a role in terms of how your body composition actually is. Mm-hmm. And I think we put uh, too much emphasis and we, we highly overestimate how many calories we burn through physical activity and we underestimate how many calories we consume. So I think this is the, the, the problem with a lot of people in terms of body composition is that they think that because I exercise a lot or if I exercise more, my body composition is going to change significantly without changing their diet. Mm-hmm. Your diet is going to, to make the biggest impact. Uh, I went to a conference a long time ago and they were talking about like, uh, he talked about grams are lost in the gym and kilos are lost in the kitchen. So a kilo, one kilo is 2.2 pounds. A gram is like nothing. You know what I mean? Like a kilogram. So it's like a thousand yeah. grams, right? So grams are like nothing. And that was the, one of the things that kind of stuck to me. Obviously, I remembered it from like 10 years ago. But he said, grams are lost in the gym and kilos are lost in the kitchen. So just to think about that, it, to, to simmer with for a little bit and just think about like, hey, I, I'm not going to lose, you know, like, yes, maybe initially. So maybe if I, I'm super inactive and I come to the gym Initially, I might make some some progress and I might lose uh, some weight or my body composition might change initially. But the biggest impact over time, once your body kind of levels off, is going to be changes in your diet, nutrition, and lifestyle habits. Okay. I mean, I don't... While we're, while we're talking about it is like diet the word to use in these scenarios or should we be calling it something uh just nutrition or or something like that is is diet kind of like not harmful but just not the right word to use that's just a question i thought of well everybody's on a diet diet by definition is what you eat okay (laughs) so like your diet is whatever you eat on a daily basis so like people classify i think it does have a it might have a negative connotation because people like oh you're on a diet you know i I, I know it used to be maybe more so maybe i'm a little because i don't think like that anymore maybe it's not in my my uh, immediate thought process but i don't personally look at diet is that like your diet or your nutrition or your habits or whatever, they're all kind of interchangeable for me. But I do think that some folks do have like a negative connotation around the word diet because it it has this idea of like restriction because people want to know I'm on a diet. I can't eat this. I'm on a diet. I can't eat carbs. I'm on a diet. I can't eat sugar. And they, they keep saying they can't do something which is restrictive in and of itself is harmful. Yeah, because I mean, the times I hear about it, it, there's there is that kind of negative aspect, or somebody's frustrated with it, or yeah, there's that restriction that you talked about. So I just wondered because I've always heard about it, like no flour, no sugar diet, or keto diet, or whatever else. So, but that makes a lot of sense. So moving on, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna go to rest days. Should they be how many? I mean, is it subjective? Are these things subjective? I know you've posed the question often and other people have of how many times a week should 
a person be working out. So kind of talk about that and then talk about how many rest days and if it is okay if they're back to back. So, I mean, it depends on what we're classifying as a rest day. Um, so t- typically I, I, I move every day. So I have some sort of movement that I do every day, even though I didn't technically work out today. Like we did go for a, like a family walk and we did some other physical activity around the house, different things like that. So would you classify that as, as a rest day? I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, like we're talking about how, how often should you work out and how often should you do this? I mean, I guess it's whatever makes you feel the best and doesn't, make you run down. There are some signs of overtraining and different things like that, like restless sleeping, like over, you know, constant soreness, um, inability to, to, to do certain things. So we want to make sure that we're, we are aware of some of the side effects of, of too much training, but at the same time, like we have to make, listen to our bodies, understand when we do need a rest or even just a lighter day. I think it's important that we do move our bodies every day. Like, I don't think it's, it's a a total rest where we're just laying on the couch all day and doing nothing. But I do think it's important to listen to your body and understand like, Hey, I I should stop for a little bit or, or take it easy today. And I think you can do that. Even if you go to the gym every day, I think there, there is the ability. And I think this is part where you have to manage yourself a little bit. And I think we talked about this with um, my friend Jeremy's podcast. He talked about self-management, self-regulation. So if you are going to the gym every day, you have to kind of understand that there are some days where it's okay to go easier, right? Yeah, we want to move and we want to get blood flowing and things like that, but it's okay to not be on the floor gasping for air or doing a max effort set or doing whatever. It's okay to go lighter. It's okay to go easier and work on your technique. It's okay to go here and just get the blood flowing today. It's okay. You know what I mean? So there's this different ideas of like, what can my workouts look like where I can make progress and not beat myself down? Okay. Okay. I like that. I mean, you brought up the fact of you taking your family walk and another question I had on here when I wrote this question, I don't don't know when it was, must've been like a week or two ago, but I said the weather was getting nicer in upstate New York. We're having, uh, days above 50 degrees, which is technically a heat wave for us in this time. Yeah. And a lot of people start taking those walks and they start taking those daily walks when the weather allows it. I think you hear a lot of people of kind of that like above middle age, like closer to whatever you consider elderly. I don't want to offend anybody. Saying that their their exercise is a walk, uh, a daily walk. Is that sufficient or should that just be a complement to uh, a, another training plan that you're doing? I would, I would say that it's not sufficient, right? I would, you know, many of us are not getting enough day-to-day physical activity or, or what we would call a neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis or non-exercise activity time, which is stuff that's just not exercise, right? And I think walking serves a great purpose, but I wouldn't supplement or I wouldn't use that in turn or in place of something that gets your heart rate up a little bit where you're getting some aerobic effort where your heart is getting stronger or something that's strength training in nature where you're moving through full ranges of motion and you're building your muscles up to keep them moving and and working properly. But I I definitely think walks are important, but I would not replace them 
with uh, a training day. Okay. I'll be sure to not do that. You don't train anyway. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll be sure to not use that <laughs> stupid excuse if somebody asks me why I'm walking so much. And I think, I think walking, honestly, and if you think about it on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's recommended that we get somewhere between eight to 10,000 steps per day. And if you have a, a smartwatch or a phone that you keep in your pocket or things like that, and if you looked on your average, like how many days, how many steps you get per day, many of us are probably way below that anyway. So we just got to get to that baseline. Like if I looked right now on my phone, see, I, I, I didn't have my watch on today. So I only got 3,000 steps today. That was one walk. That was when I had it in my pocket. But if I look at... That's what I'm sitting at for today too, but I don't have a smart watch and not that I think I got more than that, but... Right. So if I go to yesterday... I did go for a run though, so I will say that. So yesterday I had 10,000. I went for a run yesterday. I did 10,000. And I had my watch on when I went for the run. And yeah, so I'm, you know, depending on the day, if I have my watch on and what I'm doing. So, you know, this day, Friday, last Friday, I went for a run too and I had my watch on most of the day. So I had 13,000. So Karen at the gym has sometimes come at, you know, when she'll be at, in a phys ed class, like mid morning. So I have like 30,000 steps. <laughs> She's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, she runs like six miles in the morning. So she, you know, how many steps she's getting like 10,000 steps before she even gets out of bed. Does I, I know this kind of separate, but does Karen Randall run every single day? I had this thought this morning and I meant to ask, but I didn't. No, she runs uh two or th- maybe three or four times a week. Okay. Just curious because I think I it's know. every other day and then both on Saturday and Sunday. I think Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday. I know we talked about running last time and how frequent somebody should do it. And I don't know why I didn't think to bring up that equation because she is an avid runner. So I was just curious. Yeah. Going back to the kind of common questions, misconceptions, uh, the whole nine, does targeting one area of the body work, you you see like all those fad things of, of targeting abs or, or even targeting arms and spot training, I believe you called it. Does that work? And I mean, I'm, I'm going to predict here that you say it's not what you should do. So <laughs> and you would be correct. The spot <laughs> training does not work. Unfortunately for many folks, spot training does not work. It's kind of like a last on first off type thing and like first on last off. Uh, so the first places you gain weight is the last place that the weight comes off. So it's kind of a, that, that cycle of how you gain or lose and you can't just, you know, you can't just tighten your abs and your butt. It's just not how it works. Um, I could do sit-ups until, you know, next summer. And that doesn't mean I'm going to have a six pack or my abs are going to be any better than they are right now. So the idea of spot training, I think that's been debunked probably uh, 20 years ago now in terms of it not being an effective way to specifically target or specifically tone a certain part of your area, uh, your body to make it look better or feel better or whatever like that. Can you, along with, uh, you know, an, a training program that tackles the whole body, you know, you can, I think you call it accessory work. Like, can you do that accessory work to just target one area too on top of it? Is that something that is pliable or no? Well, I think accessory work is more to support yourself in the 
the more foundational movements. Yes, you can do some sort of bodybuilding training, potentially improve one area a little bit. Like if you're trying to, you know, some people have a tough time building their calf muscles, for example, which is like a bodybuilding thing. You would probably train your calves a little bit more intensely than you might do your arms if you didn't have as much trouble building bigger arms. But you can't just do one thing because your body wouldn't grow or develop if I only trained one thing all the time. So you have to do the other stuff as well because you need to kind of grow and your body needs to have like the stimulus to to create muscle growth. So when you're doing that, yes, the accessory work is beneficial um, because it supports the other exercises. I think that's the, the real point of the accessory work. And if you, you know, get muscle off of it. I mean, obviously there's a different way also. There's different styles of training or I shouldn't say different styles of training, but different methods of uh, how you program your sets and reps that will allow you to build more muscle versus not building muscle and just getting stronger. And we could talk about that when we talk about the different categories that are coming up. I, I can jump right into it or we can yeah, I mean, you could. I was just going to say that I knew that, you know, all those Instagram ads about getting a flat tummy in 10 days was complete and utter blasphemy. So, yeah, you can jump right into the other ones now. Yeah, so in here too, we have like these, these different types of exercise or training. And uh, right in cl- classified or categorized, we have Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, and functional training, uh, these four categories. So if we start with the the most common, which is what the majority of people do, is a bodybuilding style. So bodybuilding in general is for aesthetics only. So aesthetics means like how you look. So when you're doing bodybuilding style training, you're doing a, a more of what we'd call time under tension. So in that setting, you're trying to have tension in your muscles for the most amount of time possible to create an increase in muscle fibers right, in your in your area, wherever you're trying to train. So in that setting, you know, it's kind of funny because when people want to get lean or they're trying to lose weight, they do all these high rep, <laughs> low weight type things. Oh, I have my five pound dumbbells and I did 50 bicep curls. But that's more time under tension and actually builds more muscle. So that's more of like a bodybuilding style right is doing like something like 12 to 15 reps at like a light to moderate load and you're doing like a lot of repetitions at it you know that would be more aesthetic building and then we have like power lifting which is the complete opposite because power lifting we're trying to do like a one rep maximum of three lifts a back squat a deadlift and a bench press so if you're going to do do a power lifting competition you would be asked to perform those three lifts and only perform one of those. So when you do your training, you wouldn't be training for aesthetics because that's not the goal. The goal is to train to lift the most weight. So in your training, you're trying to get as strong as possible. And theoretically, right, because there's weight classes, you want to get as strong as possible at the lightest weight as possible, right? You don't want to be a, a huge human being and have to, because then you have to lift more. So, you know, like that when you do like something that's like four to six repetitions or even like three to six repetitions, theoretically, you're not going to get as big, but you're going to get stronger. I mean, you will gain muscle and you will get bigger too because things just happen. But 
the idea is not to get bigger there as much as it is just to get stronger. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense to me. And then the third, well, we have two more. We have Olympic lifting. So Olympic lifting, you would go to a competition or the, the Olympics and perform two lifts, the clean and jerk and the snatch. And then everything you do is to make those two things better. So you're going to squat to make your snatch better. You're going to press to make your jerk better. You're going to do all sorts of accessory movements to make those two lifts better. And those can sometimes be the the coolest things to look at, but they're also the most complex and challenging to learn because of the dynamics and the amount of complexity and mobility and stability and different things needed to perform those safely and effectively. And then if we, the fourth one is what was kind of classified now as like functional training. Um, CrossFit kind of brought this to the forefront of kind of like modern society, I would say. This idea where we're blending all of these together. So CrossFit or the, this now it's this functional training movement where we do some Olympic lifting. We do some power lifting. We do some bodybuilding and some quote unquote. And there's also gymnastics that get thrown into the equation as well. And then gymnastics is a focus on just doing stuff with your own body weight, like push-ups and pull-ups and so on and so forth. So when we combine all these different things, we try to take the best of each thing and utilize those to maximize our day-to-day function or our ability to live a healthy lifestyle. So that's kind of like what functional training would be classified as. It's more like a continuum of exercises that like teaches people how to handle their body in a variety of different ways. And uh, really comes down to using like anatomy and using it in a proper way to get things done. So much knowledge. I I try. I didn't expect anything less, but so much knowledge. You said that the clean and jerk, or I believe that's what you said, looks cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, and I want to know yours, I think the deadlift, to me, is the coolest looking lift. Yeah, I do, because it's like, I don't understand, I guess I just don't understand how strong people are, because to me, I would look at that and think gravity doesn't add up, like these people lifting so much off the floor to me, which has no momentum, but I don't know. Yeah, I would say the deadlift to me is, I mean, it's cool to see people, because I think the deadlift is one of the truest expressions of, of strength because it it's like pick things up and put them down you know what i mean it, it's yeah. kind of cool and you can see people like lift a thousand pounds and that's pretty wild to think about but if you ever watch like in slow motion or you watch like in full speed some of the actual like olympic level like gold medalist olympic lifters and you see them do a snatch it's pretty sexy I mean, it's kind of like grace and power all blended together because of the way that you have to move your body and you have to move your body in in, in positions that are just not normal. I, no power lifter would ever be able to get even get into those positions. Either would a bodybuilder, to be honest. They would not be able to get into those body positions to be able to even perform that exercise uh, with a with an empty barbell. And some of these people are doing it with like 400 pounds. And it's, it's wild to see. I know what I'm watching after this now. Very yeah. intrigued to see that. I can't think of the, the guy's name, um, but one of the, the I'm gonna I'll, I'll YouTube him quick. But he's one of the best Olympic lifters. Strong, like the strong men. What do they do lifts like that, or do they do like they lift like balls and stuff? Don't they? 
Yeah, but they're more like power lifters. They would be more classified as as a as a power lifter because they're essentially they're just deadlifting and they're doing carries and different things like that. So strongman could be another another subcategory, but it's more similar to powerlifting than it would be any of the others. Because it's not for aesthetics and it's not um, technique based necessarily as much as Olympic lifting might be, but it's definitely just like brute strength and just trying to pick things up and move them around and and stuff like that. So like the people that go to like Planet Fitness and do their little circuits, like do they have a subcategory somewhere or what are they? Well, I think most of those people think they're following a bodybuilding criteria. So like I said, the majority, the majority of folks who are doing something, they're following a traditional, what we call a traditional bodybuilding split. So if you were like, oh, I'm doing back and buys today, or I'm doing chest, shoulders and tries, and I'm doing legs and core, that would be a traditional bodybuilding split. Okay. I always wondered, like, I mean, coming into your gym, however many years ago and seeing that it's not like, oh, hey, it's leg day or we're doing arms today. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, that seemed much more accurate what, what happens at Prime than the people who are like, oh, I got to go do leg day at Planet Fitness. Yeah. So that's definitely a, a those are more of a bodybuilding split. Okay. I mean, that was a lot of knowledge on that one. I only have one more question for you on this list. Going back to the warm weather, some spring breaks are coming up, I believe, next week. Maybe even this week. Not totally sure. Oh, college spring breaks. Yeah. I was going to say, well, the high school one, we're not, we haven't until Easter. We have a couple weeks. Oh, okay. A couple weeks. Whatever one. Like how, how, college is coming up. College. I'm not in college, so I don't know. I am, and I still don't know. So <laughs> People are going to travel. And how would you suggest people tackle travel and fitness and nutrition all combined? I mean, I know a lot of people, nutrition might be easier to keep that up. Just, you know, look whatever is on the menu, but maybe exercising isn't their, you know, go-to when they're waking up next to the beach. I don't know what you think is most beneficial for people doing I, that. I think exercise would be easier. Would it? Yeah, I think exercise is way easier if you're going away on spring break. Because I can, I mean, I can go and walk. I mean, I might walk around a little bit. I might, might be like, hey, it's, it's, I'm on a, I'm in a sunny place where I'm not normally. I can go for a little, I can go for a, a run. I could do, you know, maybe I'll do some push-ups before I go to the beach, try to look good. Okay. All right. So I, th- I think actually exercise would be way easier uh, on, a, on a vacation than eating healthy would be. And I think like, like we just talked about, the more important thing would be to eat healthier than the exercise part. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of us think that we should reward ourselves or, or in some way like I can, I exercise today so I can eat like seven pieces of cheesecake and I'll be fine. But again, we, we, again, we, we overestimate how many calories that we're consuming or we're burning and we underestimate how many calories we're consuming. So, you know, maybe going for a, you know, maybe going for a three mile run might only burn 300 calories. 300 calories is like one Snickers bar. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not that much food. So it, the exercise is there for a different purpose, maybe mental clarity, maybe the function of our body to make our bodies move well and do certain things, hormonal balances, all these other great benefits from it. But it's not going to be something that really changes our body composition um, as much as nutrition would be. So I think if you are going on break, I think the smart thing to do 
would be to, you know, do your, like we're going away. Uh, the, the last or that, that last half of that break, we're, we're going to New York city as a family. Mm-hmm. We actually got an Airbnb. So we had somewhere to cook at least breakfast and maybe make some lunches. You know, it also helps to do something like that because so you're not spending a bazillion dollars eating out all the time. And you could do something else and you could at least have some of your meals be healthy on the healthier side. And like for us, we're going to New York city. We lived, I lived there for nine years. So there's a lot of places I want to go out to eat that I don't, that I miss and that I want to go see and do. So I'm not going to really over stress myself out about trying to eat healthy when I'm going out to eat to a restaurant that I really want to go to, you know, like if you can try to keep some sort of, some sort of balance, you know, for me personally, like I can't eat poorly like every meal because it'll make me feel really bad. Yes. So in in turn, like if you want to have a, a, you know, like a, you know, a happy, healthy vacation, trying to prioritize your meals in some way, at least having like breakfast and lunch planned out in some way and then having dinner be whatever, you know, dinner's dinner's dinner. Uh, I think that'll help you, you know, feel better as well. So you can have a, you know, you're not like lethargic all day from eating, you know, 10,000 calories from carbohydrates that you don't normally have. Plus all the drinking that you're potentially doing if you're going, if you're a college student, you're going on spring break. Mm. I, I'm going to change my answer now. So, cause before I said that the exercise would be harder and now I agree with you. I mean, when we <laughs> go exercise, the... exercise is easy. Yeah, exercise I mean... is always the easiest part. And that's why I think people put so much onus on it because it seems like it's so, because it's way easier than like going to the gym for an hour is way easier than planning every meal and eating healthy and not like going crazy with snacks and it's not, you know, staying up late. And, you know, there's so many other things that are so much more difficult than going to the gym for an hour. Yeah. I mean, when you're on vacation, you're right next to the beach. I don't know how you could not want to run on the beach. Yeah, I loved it. I I went to Miami and I woke up and it was like nobody on the beach at 6 a.m. Go for a run on the beach, hang out. Beautiful. I'd even run when there's everybody on the beach because I just want to get away from the people I'm with. Just give me. People be taking slow-mo pictures of you like Baywatch. (laughs) I would love that. I would just love if they busted out. I'm I'm no it's Pamela Anderson, correct? Yeah, it's Pamela Anderson. I'm no Pamela Anderson, nor do I know. I don't know who the new one is though. I didn't know there was a new one. Yeah, the rock the rock is in it, Zach Efron's in it. It's actually pretty funny. Oh, uh, there's a brunette. I, I don't her last name's Dario, but I don't know how to say her first name. Yeah, I don't know who I don't know who the characters are. I just know that that Zach Efron is really ripped in that movie. Well that's who everybody's watching it for. No, I watched it for The Rock. I watch all The Rock's movies. I don't think he's all that. I just really enjoy The Rock. I think all of his movies are just funny. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I liked, I don't even, I can't even name one that I liked if we're being honest. I I think the best part of The Rock movies is that they're so outrageous, but I'm like, oh, it's The Rock. I can believe it. He He just picked up a tree. It's The Rock. It's fine. He could totally do that in real life. He just held a building up with his arm. Like no big deal. Like in one of the movies, he's like holding a building up before his wife like runs under like a whole like skyscraper. I think it might be called skyscraper. He's like literally holding the whole building up with like a chain (laughs) with one arm (laughs) as he's pulling his wife to safety. I'm like, oh, it's believable. That's the rock. So realistic. I mean, he is another one that trains obscene amounts like him. You hear about Mark Wahlberg waking up at like 
2 a.m., 3 a.m. to work out. Like, for those, is that healthy to do it that much? I mean, it's it's their routine. I mean, I think it, it depends. Like, The Rock, I mean, I couldn't imagine how his schedule is. I mean, he seems to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in order to maintain and to do what he does, and like one of the things that's important for him is to keep his physique. Uh, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that for those guys who they got to keep that, that persona up to a certain extent. Like if you think about professional wrestlers, like the rock came from a professional wrestling background, those guys are traveling all the time and they're, they still got to like look good, even though like they're, they're not like, they don't look like that just from wrestling in the ring once a week or twice a week. It's so they have to make, they have to do it somehow and they have to get it in at weird times, weird hours and, and, and get it in the best they can, however they can. That WWE stuff is fake, right? Of course. So they got to do all the, they don't like, is that a workout what they're doing in the ring or is it more what they're doing outside of the ring? That's the I mean, they're working, workout. man. It's not, I mean, it's, it might be like the actual thing is scripted and all of it. They're not like really hitting quote unquote hitting each other, but yeah. it's, they're still running around and jumping and, and grappling each other. And it's pretty taxing. And a lot of those guys actually get serious. Like they get a lot of, a lot of those guys, if you look at their, their history, they have a lot of back, back issues from like hitting that thing a lot because it's not as soft as you think it is. It's kind of like a, you've ever been to like a gymnastics place? Yeah, I've been to gymnastics. I've been to a WWE event. Yeah, so I the, mean, you the, hear the, it when they Yeah, hit it's not it. that soft. So a lot of those guys end up with like serious back pain and back issues because they hit their, they fall on their back so often. And, and they do end up with, they beat their bodies up pretty good. So it's not like it's completely fake with their, I mean, yes, they're, they're not really fighting. And they're, it, they know who's going to win and certain things like that. But it's more like a, more like a, an aggressive dance than it, um, than a fight. I'm done with my rock tangent. I'm, I'm personally more of a Randy Orton fan, so I'm going to. Yeah, I remember you sent me a picture of him a long time ago. But that's because you, you didn't grow up when The Rock was like the man. I don't think I've ever, like I've seen, I've seen videos of Stone Cold Steve Austin and I mean, even The Undertaker, Jerry Lawler, like stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever watched uh, The Rock in a match other than just to hear his famous tagline, honestly. I mean, that's why he he brought that that element to the WWE and it made it, uh, it changed kind of the WWE landscape for a while. Probably forever. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad it was possible because like if I was like way back with like Ric Flair, I, I don't, he scares me. Rick Flair scares you? Yeah, I don't know. I've always had a little uh, around him. I not around him. I've never been around him, but just I don't know his little woo. It scares me. Yeah, those guys are different. <laughs> I don't know how we got. We just talked for fifteen minutes about wrestling and the Rock, but it's fine. I mean, we all. It's fine. So if you wanted to turn it off five minutes ago, we would not be mad at you. <laughs> oh well. But that's all we got for today. So if you do go on spring break and you see The Rock, or the Rick, <laughs> well, if you see The Rock, give him a high five. If you see Ric Flair, according to Tori, run away run as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just scared me. They all got the bleach blonde hair and they're super tan, like Hulk Hogan. No thanks. Yeah. Yeah. They could, right. they could run on the beach with Pamela Anderson. They'd all fit in. There you go. And that's how we're going to end it. Running on the beach with Pamela Anderson, <laughs> with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and all bleach blonde hair and super tan. And now they're all super old. Yeah. I think. Wrinkly. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that's all we have for today. Another shorty for you. Actually, it's not that short. It's 40 minutes. But hopefully we were able to debunk some things and allow you to learn a little bit more about some exercise, health, nutrition, um, fitness in general, and anything else that we didn't get, we'll try to get next time and continue to help you find your prime. Have a great night. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Prime Podcast. Remember to leave some love in the comment section. Subscribe to our podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Instagram uh, for all the things fitness and health related. Remember, if you are interested, you can join the Prime Connect movement for a discount for the first month. And you can check out our Instagram at Prime Movement. M-V-M-N-T or if you want to go directly to the Prime Connect website it's Prime Movement M-V-M-N-T dash connect dot com have a great day remember to find your Prime <laughs>